to the We Hate Anime Podcast, the only podcast that is going to start today's episode off on a little bit of a downbeat. Um, unfortunately, as of this recording, uh, a few days prior, it was announced that Mangaka of Berserk, uh, Kintaro Miura, had passed away a couple of uh, weeks ago. My um, eighth, if I remember correctly. Fifth. Oh, maybe fifth, yeah. Uh, it's 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 incredibly sombering for a lot of people, including myself, because Berserk, Berserk is a large part of the reason why I'm not a basic bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You read a bit, few pages full of Berserk. You listen to Susumu Hirasawa, and bam, you're an alternative now. Can can go back. And the voice you just heard is our special guest for today's episode, uh, Tinuido. Hello. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> just, don't curse me in whatever, uh, fucking tongue speak you, you, you talk in, you freaking f- bitch. Don't worry about <laughs> Could it. Could you not think of like a proper <laughs> colloquial swear for Polish people? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I could. I literally grew up in uh, a community of people who, who thought Polish people were bad. So yeah, I, I know quite a few actually. I mean, they right, weren't right. wrong. Dude, that's so weird. Is like the the stereotypes I heard on the East Coast about Polish people just blows my mind. Like, I've never heard a single person on the West Coast have anything. They don't even know Poland is a country. And then you go to the East Coast, like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They're like, "Oh yeah, the Polish people—they are stupid as they come." I mean, there's more Polish people living in Chicago than in Poland, so that's not exactly surprising. Yeah, that's that's fair. And the person that you just heard talk about race on the podcast yet again. <laughs> Is the Mothman. You're the one over here who can't come up with a proper, like, insult for Polish people. Well, I, I don't personally like, uh, you know, insulting people's, like, intrinsic nationalities. And that's, uh, that's why we employ Moth as our residential slurs expert. So, don't worry about it. Alright, so this week on Slur of the Day, we're talking about <laughs> one that I picked up in Kentucky. The only thing I want to pick up in Kentucky is my own fucking balls off the ground because oh. I fucking. I, I was going to say tinnitus. I, I, thought, not- <laughs> I thought you'd say you were going to say fried chicken, but okay. Yeah, yeah, fried chicken was right there, and I just, I just, I, listen. I'm not at 100 percent today. Feeling a little sick. Feeling a little off. Well, luckily uh, for you, Mike, I'm back, and I'm I'm revved up because I got slighted at church today. I'm so mad. Um, so how, just so you guys know. You, what happens? No, no, we're recording on a Sunday. So, uh, Tid, I, I know you're aware I'm Mormon. I'm hoping everybody in the cast at this point is aware I'm Mormon. Yep. Mm. Wait, you're Mormon? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't guess, right? Um, what, the white supremacy didn't give it away? So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I go to church as often as I can, as much as my job lets me. And I just moved to a new ward. And I'm sitting there and I'm definitely like in the wealthy part of town now, which is really worrying me because the people are no longer relatable. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting at church today and they do this thing called sacrament meeting, which is like the first hour. I'm just I'm going to give you the quickest rundown so I can explain what happens. And uh, one of the things they do is like, you know, um, I'm not sure what they call it. Communion in the Catholic Church where you get the the water and the wine or the bread and the they wine. Call- they call it the communion. Yeah, yeah, communion. Uh, we get something similar to that. It's literally just called the sacrament. And uh, what we do is we have a bunch of 12-year-olds who, I mean, kids are dumb, okay? Yes. I need I need to start with, kids are dumb, and they stop being 
the cute dumb after fourth grade and are just the dumb dumb after as that. As someone who works with children regularly as a teacher, I can confirm that. Like, and, and sometimes they're like clever dumb where they like accidentally glue themselves to a wall and then you look at like the label on the bottle and there should be no way physically that child is stuck to the wall. But like after like fourth grade, they're just dumb dumb. They're not funny. They're not cute. They're not endearing. They're just dumb. And <laughs> so and how so, did the child slur you? So at, at 12 years old, we let them be what's called deacons. Uh, which is their, their entire job is they, they tell them they have all these sorts of wonderful things they can do. In reality, they prat, they pass the sacrament. That's their entire job. They pick up the happy little ladle. They go around. They make sure everybody in the church gets the happy little ladle of water and bread and And that's their entire job. And I'm sitting dead middle in the back row. So it is impossible to miss me. And these kids come by and I get the bread and I'm like, okay, you know, this, this. and like, the problem is it's, it's something that's supposed to be held with a certain level of sacred. Like when I was doing it as a stupid 12 year old, if I screwed up at all during the next hour, when we learned about like Jesus whipping tax collectors and stuff, uh, I got loaded into for 30 minutes for not having like proper back posture for not holding it at a 90 degree angle. Like they went off on me about anything I did wrong when I was doing this. And uh, these I kids mean, are like slack jawing it, like swinging this stuff around, like "oh, take the bread," and they're like limp wristing everything. And I'm like, "Ooh, I'm gonna commit a small child genocide." <laughs> and uh, they get me on the bread, and then they totally space me on the water. And I'm like, "How do you like? You have to follow a pattern. You're like, if you're this kid, you go down this row. If you're this kid, you go down this row. It's like a pre-established pattern they have to follow. Because I know this because I had to do it as a kid." And the kids like completely miss me. And then the, uh, the bishop, the guy in charge of the war is like, uh, did anybody who wanted to take the sacrament not get the sacrament? And I have to like raise my hand in a room full of strangers and be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure if I only take half of it, I'm going to be condemned to hell. Can you like help me out here? And, uh, so they bring it back around and then the dude beelines to me and he's like, uh, you wouldn't happen to be the new member who just moved in, would you? <laughs> oh no and i'm like as a matter of fact i am uh can you put me in charge of the deacon presidency please so i'm, uh, I'm, I'm pissed i'm revved up and i'm pissed now got the snack but not the drink the worst party ever i can sympathize <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm back i'm back baby mike i'm back i'm back and i'm mad at you i'm mad at church right now and i'm mad at you so let's do this Wait, that was it? That that was your whole beginning story? Oh, oh, that oh. Was, that, okay. That was the weakest moth story I've ever heard, and I've heard some pretty weak ones. All right, so in 10th grade, I was in an art class, and my teacher thought it'd be a good idea to tell three truths, or two truths and a lie. And, like, 10th graders, once again, kids are stupid. Um, we had a high-functioning Down syndrome girl in the class, and I... I I know how we talk about like levels of the autism spectrum where it's like, oh yeah, you know, you know, he's high functioning, all this stuff like, oh yeah, no, 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 he's totally normal. He just likes Harry Potter, whatever. Um, I think there is a high functioning level of Down syndrome where like they're, they, they are actually capable of interact. Ah, I don't want to say it without sounding like a genesist. Um, uh, Moth, there are different varying levels of, of cognitive decline with people who suffer with these disabilities. Yes. Okay. So this girl was apex. I, I, there's no way to say this without sounding insulting. This is Apex Down syndrome. No, you can. You can just say she she was very de- she 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 was she suffered very heavily. That's it. That's all you gotta say. Top you don't tier have to be Down like, syndrome. One percentile. Top top you top to one say, percent of <laughs> she was the top one percent of Ratatatas. 
Like, you don't have to sit there and say, she was the ubermensch of people with bad brains. You don't ab- have to say it. She would absolutely come in first place in a third grade spelling bee, all right? That's what I'm going to say right there. Um, <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so, so we're all going around and we're like telling the three truths and the lie. And, and to this day, like... 14 years later, I will never forget what this girl said because it terrified me to my core. And she's like, you know, once again, uh, Down syndrome. And she gets up and she goes, oh, yeah, so my three truths. Uh, I talk to ghosts. I love wolves. And Naruto is my favorite anime. <laughs> and Which was the lie. Well, well, apparently it was the I love wolves was the lie. And I guess her dad, like, does pest control in Idaho. And uh, wolves are a big enough pest that they, like, actually have to hunt them and kill them. And uh, I guess her dad just comes home and shows her videos of him, like, thermiting wolves and shit. Okay. I'm just just like, like, what what do you even say when this girl's like, I talk to ghosts, I love wolves, and Naruto's my favorite anime. And I'm just like... Maybe Naruto isn't her favorite anime. No, I enjoy watching videos of wolves getting blown up at the molecular level with dynamite. <laughs> does she talk to her their ghosts later? How does it work? I guess she talked to ghosts. <laughs> I I don't know, man. If, if if I liked if I liked fucking blowing up wolves, I don't think Casper's gonna be too friendly with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you not haunted by the souls of the dead? Just, just call. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. The, the ghosts, they're they're chill, you know. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't they don't haunt you. They just they just vibe, baby. In the end, in the that's standard practice. You kill someone, you summon the spirit to interrogate them later because they can lie. But I mean, but boom, she does that to wolves. Isn't that just Phoenix Wright? That's too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like Ghost Detective, whatever it's called. Ghost Trick is what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Ghost Trick, you are the dead, not the the people. <laughs> Okay, so I got to pick a bunch of fights with Mike today. Um, the first one is, Mike, have you been watching Tokyo Revengers? No. I, no. Why would I keep watching a show that's bad? Because it's good. It's phenomenal, Mike. It is literally a good Steins Gate. Stop saying that! <laughs> no, because you're wrong, because it's a good Steins Gate. You cannot, you cannot invoke base similarities and be like, yes, this is a better version of this other thing. I know. Because they both have something to do with time travel. Look, look, all I'm saying is, Steins Gate is the past, this is the future. <laughs> I know two people who talk about Tokyo Avengers. One of them is Moth, and the other one is a guy on Twitter who is reading the manga who is saying this is the gayest thing he's ever seen. There might be a correlation here, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mike over here, uh, Mike, Mike over here, big brain, big brain, doesn't think Tokyo Avengers, a show with an actual, like, enjoyable main character because he's weak and pathetic and actually knows his limitations. He, he doesn't like that. But he likes no, no, a show I, with the two worst lesbians in anime history. Uh, okay, I know you're talking about uh, uh, Zombieland Saga. Oh, but like these are these are incomparable things. No, you're like, oh, you like potato chips, yet uh, you also uh, don't like French fries. Hmm, hmm. You both eat them with the with your hand. How curious. <laughs> You're I mean, such a fucking dumbass. I mean, they're both made out of potatoes. It's a valid comparison. What yes, and both Junko and I Shit. are also potatoes. And yeah, no, Junko and I are, like, uh, not the strongest characters no, they, in Zombie Land Saga. They are literally the worst characters in Zombie Land Saga. I put them in the same category as the main character, Mike. 
Like, no, the, the only character... Even the main character's fine. Like, the, the, the show is, like... Like, the best episodes aren't about them. Like, Junko and I had had a really great, like, uh, two-parter in this new season. But, I mean, outside of that, they're just... They're idol girls. Like, it's just it's just an idol girl show. Like, I really like that show. No, it's... <laughs> but I'm not out... I'm not here... I'm not out here fucking telling people, Yo, this is, like, uh, Idol Master, but better. Okay. Just because just well, they both have idols in it. No, it, it is Idol Master, but better. Shaw. No, no, but, but I don't even know anything about Idol Here, I can't hold that. Here's opinion. my issue with Zombieland Saga, and it, it comes down to like you remember in Breaking Bad. I don't know. Did you watch Breaking Bad start to finish? I watched yes. the first season. Okay. Did you ever finish notice, it? Do you ever notice how Jesse was literally responsible for every bad thing that happened from like the second season onward? Like, yeah, every... but also it's kind of understandable. And no, Walt didn't help, but yes. Yeah, okay, sure. But like Jesse is literally. There were points in the show where they just brought Jesse in to continue the plot, so he could do something wrong. He was the rat trap from Transformers: Beast Wars of Breaking Bad, and you so mean the wait, best wait, character. Wait. And so, yeah. Moth, you mean to tell me that uh, characters did thing in the story, and so that's a criticism? No, but like it, he he had one job, and it was the Fall Boy. His entire job was to have his girlfriend get murdered so the plot can progress. Like that that was that was Jesse. But uh back to the Zombie Land saga. If they just let the geisha take over and run the show, they would be worldwide idols in a week. And they actively okay. refused to do that because that would actually end the show because they would get something done. Well, yeah. <laughs> Two things. Two things, Moth. Thing number one. The whole point of the show is not for them to be national idols. It's for them to revive Saga as a district. B, uh, the Geisha girl so far has almost no personality because they have yet to give her, uh, 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 uh her own episode. Yeah, because she's and the strongest I- character. How can you say? How can you say someone who has had no real development yet is the strongest character? Because she Go hauls ass stick for everyone else on the show. She, you just, you're just horny because she says "ara ara" and has big boobs. No, that's not true at all. She also knows how to cook, it. Mike. <laughs> the only thing I know about Zombieland Saga that it's the first honest show about idols because you know for a fact they don't poop because they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to eat, watch the most... so the question is like how much of zombies are they oh, oh well that they, they established in the first episode they they eat to maintain their higher brain function oh okay a uh, question for you mike i saw a hot take the other day i, I need you to answer this for me and and tid I... wait wait wait, wait. I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry we cannot move on <laughs> while while it still exists this fucking <laughs> meme of tokyo revengers being better steins it is i'm not I'm not even someone Just, who particularly likes Steingate, Mike. and that's the stupid. Listen, Tokyo Revengers Here's- is just a bad show about time travel with a not great main character whose main attribute is that he cry a lot. That's, that's it. why he's I, so relatable to the bad. current anime viewing generation. He doesn't do then, anything no. with his life, and he cries a lot. That's really relatable for people. I man, Kimetsu no Yaiba got very popular because of that, so maybe. No, no, Mike, 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 Mike. Here's the thing: take the latent homosexuality in Steins Gate and bring it to the forefront and make it the main focus, and it's better. Excuse me, 
Wait, wait, wait. Are you referring to the fact that one character in Steins Great, Steins Gate is a femme presenting man? And you're like, the latent homosexuality sexuality of this work because it has a side character that you want to have sex with. Shut the fuck Don't up. Don't you dare insult best girl in this room with me, Mike. I'm gonna fucking fish. I'm gonna fucking push you in the water, and then when I fish your body out of the river, I'm gonna say, "Who could have done this?" Toot to room, bro. Oh, we can, I need we you to toot to room camera. right now. All right, just just watch Tokyo Avengers. Watch episode one. Watch episode two. Then keep, you're just gonna keep watching after that. You're gonna keep watching episode three. You're gonna keep going four, five. Is gonna cliffhanger you, but it's okay because episode six came out Saturday, and you're gonna watch episode six, and then they're gonna cliffhanger you again, and you're gonna come back to it like the dirty slut you are, Mike, because Tokyo Avengers is the goat this season. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I watched episode one and was incredibly turned off by this 40 year old man who's obsessed with the 13 year old crush he had in, in junior high school. Okay, I, I just do you do you not know what one itis is, Mike? One itis. Yes, one itis is an insult term referred to a guy who can't get over the one really great relationship he had. Uh, okay. Or one people, yeah. Yeah, and so and so the main character in this actually has one itis, and so it's really interesting to see accurate representations of mental illnesses in anime. <laughs> There's so much wrong with every that that entire sentence. Clinically this, unable this to get pussy. This dude's a fucking creep, and and like here's the, here's the worst thing too, like. He he hears that his fucking childhood ex-girlfriend died, and he's like, man, I can't even remember what she looks like, but boy, I wish I could save her. I wish I could and then, like those cheeks right now. Then he fucking goes back in time. He can re- This dude, he can remember where his childhood ex-girlfriend lives, but God forbid if he can remember her fucking face without seeing it. This dude's fucking no, weird. No, he is truly a king of the Aspies. Because I can tell you what, I can't remember anybody's name, I can't remember anybody's face, but you want to ask me where my buddy lived when I was 16 years old? I can tell you, I could drive there right now. Like, I can get to any destination when I was 15 years old. Like, no problem. It's funny because I discussed the same thing on the stream yesterday that, yeah, I don't remember any faces or people that I was with in high school, but I remember the exact layout of the school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, Mike over here, um, Mike is just bashing on people with mental illnesses here. Like, you realize we try to make this an inclusive podcast and be allies to everyone, right, Mike? Shut your <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. Shut your goddamn lip, you piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I, I'm going to text Mike from a microwave just to make sure you die off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you talk about this podcast, uh, it's just two years in the past, when you talk about this podcast, make sure Moth is asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, as he's sleeping, just gently put the pillow over his face and just <laughs> firmly push down. Fucking hell, oh, yeah. okay, man. okay, now that we've established that Tokyo Avengers is good and Mike just hates people with mental disabilities, we can continue. <laughs> Um, so, Mike, I have a question for you about Uran High School Host Club. Uh, okay. Would, would you say that Uran High School Host Club, uh, in retrospect, is is LGBTQ friendly? I mean, 
Okay, what question are you asking here, actually? Are you asking if it has representation, or if an LGBTQ person could watch it? Because, like, those, the one is very broad, and the other is very specific. Look, I'm just trying to paint with a brush here, bro. I don't care if it's a two and a half, I don't care if it's a zero, a Windsor double zero. Like, I'm just trying to paint with a brush. What I'm saying here, Mike... Oh. What? Orn High Host Cub is as LGBT friendly as uh fucking Friends or Seinfeld is. It's a TV show. No, no, no. But like, he- hear me out here, Mike. Hear me out here, okay? I think because I-, I saw somebody talking about how problematic it was the other day, so I like went back and watched a couple of episodes because I'm petty. And uh, honestly, it's it's the most like allied happy anime i can think of that doesn't involve a bunch of sexy men trying to convince a lesbian she's straight like it, it's it's it, i mean the main character is non-binary uh she identifies very non-binary um it's got no it's okay incest moth, moth, in it. moth moth uh, moth i am literally non-binary shut the fuck up <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you dumb it's, bitch go back baby. And watch the first episode with the sub, not the dub. In the f- you can't, oh, moth, moth, moth. Shut up. Androgyny is not being non-binary. No, she, I'm not androgynous. Mike, she actually says she doesn't feel like a boy or a girl. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm uh, fucking glad that this show, in which a, a character dresses androgynous and in, in a dub, just says, "Yeah, I, I don't feel." I, and you know what? I'm not. I don't even think it fucking says yes, that. Yes, it does. Go you're watch a dumb the baby. first episode. Go watch. It's 20 minutes and it has a baller OP, Mike. It goes kiss, kiss, fall in love. Do, 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 do. No, wow. I think the first episode of Orenheim High School is a really good episode of anime because that's a cool show. But shut okay, the but, fuck but, up but, about but, what characters you think are representation. Let me, let me go down my list right now, okay? So she's, she oh is God. non-binary. Her dad is RuPaul. Like, you can't get any more LGBT friendly than being RuPaul, Mike. Like, I mean... I need, I need you to understand how stupid that statement is if you just look into RuPaul a little bit. Mike, I need you to not be Mom. a drag here while I continue this list. Mom, Dad, are you fighting? That is the third time you've made a shitty fucking pun. <laughs> I've counted. <laughs> look, no, but like, here's the thing. If I ask, it's, she is non-binary her dad is a drag queen and like on top of that everyone accepts her for who she is and everybody like her father accepts her friends like you got incest gay incest i might add you got a guy who is attracted to her regardless of her gender like you have such an opening and welcome welcoming environment in that anime like it tackles classism it tackles uh non-binary rights it tackles men can be just as beautiful as women at nightclubs like in reality i can't think of a better show that is that has such a wide net to cast such a wide group of like people that can watch it because there's i mean there's lgbt you know stuff that's directly targeted at women who are lesbians and guys who are gay but like uran is like everybody's welcome let's drink some tea let's get some stuff going guys I mean, that's nice. I don't know shit about Oram, so I can't say anything. I think I killed Mike. <laughs> I think you have. I've just seen a bunch hey. of clips on how. 
Hey, Tudor Widow, as I understand it, you recently uh, did uh, a playthrough <laughs> of uh, fucking... Uh, Disco Elysium. Uh, Disco Elysium. I mean, I, I finished my second round, yes, thank you. <laughs> By the way, Mike, I want you to know that I've like I've, I've actively been debating picking up Disco Elysium, and then every time I look at it, I realize how much text is there. Uh, it's uh, fully voiced right now. <laughs> oh, so it's like Hades, where I don't actually have to read. Yes. Yeah, there are still some bits that aren't voiced, but it's 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 like ninety nine percent voiced. Like the one sentence blurbs that you get when you click on objects aren't voiced, but that's about it. Sometimes they there is a bug and they read the, the wrong line, and then you have to read it, but it's like one percent. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think because yeah. here's the thing: Disco Elysium is is very much a, the store page on Steam does not do a good job of describing Disco Elysium at all. Disco Elysium is an enigma, so. Titty, um, could you <laughs> yeah. could you explain Disco Elysium exactly how the gameplay works, what people are going to be enjoying about the game, what they might not like about the game? All right. Uh, have you ever played tabletop RPGs? Oh uh, yes. Okay, so this is basically this one system where the, your GM said, you know what, fuck it, I don't want to deal with combat. Everything will be done by throwing two d sixes and comparing to a skill. Uh, and it's mostly just narrative and dialogue while your main character has fucking schizophrenia and 24 voices in his head. It's everyone was John, if you ever played that. Everyone was John? Yeah, everyone is John is a tabletop system where everyone plays the same character, a guy called John, and everyone is like a voice in his head, and you use dice and power tokens to basically wrangle control of what he is going to do right next. That actually sounds baller as hell. It's yeah, great. That sick yeah, shit. right. Like, damn. Um, okay, so it's it's a it's a tabletop game uh, where the where there's no combat checks. Everything is resolved with two dice rolls. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, there, like there is a situation. For example, we need to punch a kid in the face, right? But it's just two d six plus your strength. Did you pass? Yes, no. That's it. There, there is no like combat, like in D and D sense, right? Or stuff, something like that. Okay. Oh, and, and when he says punch a kid in the face, it's like a 10-year-old. I, I heard yeah. there's a scene where you have to break into a back lot to keep meth-addicted children from throwing rocks at a corpse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, in fact, that's the first big uh, uh, milestone in the game. Is stopping yeah. children from throwing rocks at a dead body. Yeah, because you need to get a body down because this is the case you're working on. You're a cop. Okay. So, uh... I, if you guys like don't don't just be like, oh, it's the best game I ever played, ten out of ten, because like that that that's garbage. Where would you actually rate this? It's one of the best free games I played in 2019, and that's just because 2019 was crazy packed as a year. Okay. I think it's I think it's easily one of the single best narrative RPGs that I've ever okay. played. If you were like, to take the narrative RPG aspect and compare it to say like the the, the grandmaster of narrative RPGs, Persona 4 Golden, where would this sit? Above. Shut the hell up. You stupid baby. You fucking idiot. It would sit above just based on the replayability because Persona doesn't factor in your stats as much as Disco does. Okay. There's one million words, and uh, last time I checked, there's like 5,000 passive checks for your stats in this game. So. I would say it goes above Persona 4 just for the fact that it has a good story. Okay, but but can you have sex with tomboys in it? Because that's that's what's most important here. Uh, unfortunately, no. Okay, 0 out of 10, the, literally you can, unplayable. You, uh, can you have sex with tomboys? 
No. You can, though, have a sombering experience in which you take a uh, a widowed mother on a very uh, lonely date in the middle of fucking uh, a winter. Can you bang her afterwards? Uh, in wit- uh, no. Uh, you, you either leave her and she's really uncomfortable with you, or you leave her and she's like, that was really nice. And you get a sword. Yes. That does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a mother setting. Okay, but you can put it on your you can put it on your hip and you can look fancy and it'll give you a a slight buff to authoritarian uh, checks if you have your authoritarian points okay. up. So let's let's uh, let me ask it like this: um, Would you describe it as a choose your own adventure game where you're not really playing to get to the end, but you're playing to see all the stupid stuff that happens from point A to point B? Yeah. Ye- you can, absolutely, but also at the same time, uh, I think the main plot and getting to the end is also worth it. It's very well written as a murder mystery. Okay. And, uh, the, I mean, there is a solid answer to the plot, but, like, the how you find the answer, uh, your answer is, like, it could end in, in so many different places. Okay. Uh there's, there's, there, there's, and there's a lot of like things that are so missable that it will not even occur to you to check them out. Like, like there's a character in the game who, uh, has, uh, who says he has a family member, but he doesn't have a family member. He pretends to be that other person. And you would not even know that unless you found that out. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Disco Elysium, um, I, I, if, if we're dropping the games we're playing, can I drop the game that I'm now addicted to that has eaten up 24 hours in three days? Sure. Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Oh, boy, I, you're a space boy. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a battle tech guy. Okay. Like, I love Mech Warrior. In fact, the Mech Warrior 5 DLC drops on the 27th, and it's, oh, I'm so hard right now. Like, people talk about diamond hands when they talk about trading in the cryptocurrency market. Right now, I'm just diamond knobs, whatever. I have an erection. Are there French people in this game who just attack your ship to tell you that... uh, uh, (laughs) Only dangerous isn't as good as Star Citizen. (laughs) Okay, so for everybody, uh, I, I picked a fight, and I really should be better about not being such a negative person on Twitter, because that's, like, too easy to do. But I was so happy with Elite Dangerous because Elite Dangerous now does everything. The only thing Elite Dangerous doesn't do well is playing with your friends. For an MMO experience, you actually have a really hard time. Like, if your buddy flies a ship and you fly a ship, it works pretty well together. But if, like, you throw your buddy on your ship, he can't get out of your ship until you land at a starport. So if you land on a planet and go to get some stuff out of, like, a lunar base, your buddy's just stuck in the gunner seat like, well, I guess I'll just kill myself. So it's it, it does everything really well. You got land-based missions, you got aerial-based missions, you got space battles, you have everything you could want to do in a space sim. Even the economy's good. And I made a joke. I was like, man, Elite Dangerous has really become the game that Star Citizen set out to be. And this random French dude just ripped into me. Like, out of nowhere, it's like, how dare you insult my favorite Ponzi scheme? It's also worth noting that he ripped into you in French, not in English, the yeah, language I, I, you I, I, posted the tweet I in. I sent him a message in English, 
or I, I typed the whole thing in English. He sends me a message in French. I had to go get our local French guy and ask him to translate it to me and then send a message back. And then he just kept responding in French. And I was like, I don't, I don't speak French. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Like I speak German English and I'm working on Brazilian just because I really want to learn Portuguese. I was just about to say Brazilian yeah. is not like when you corrected yourself. No, it's. I don't even think that was him correcting himself. He's just like, I, I, I'm going to learn Brazilian so I can learn Portuguese. That, that's how <laughs> I read that. Completely different languages. You try to speak Portuguese in Portugal and you try to speak it in Brazil, you're going to get your ass beat. I mean, that's fine. Honestly, so if you were to take Portuguese and replace like a bunch of words with just random phrases from Rainbow Six Siege, Counter Strike, and League of Legends, that's Brazilian. Okay. I don't think that's how language works. I, I don't think absolutely so. absolutely how language works, Mike. Some of my best friends are Brazilian, and I'll fight you. <laughs> One of my best friends is Brazilian. I, I will fucking beat the shit out of you into your bloody pulp. Wait, are you talking about Quake? What? No, he's from Chile. Why is he cold? He lives by the equator. That's not, e- that's, that's not even true. <laughs> For my anyway, I, I I have a fucking I, I've lately uh, uh been addicted to a little uh, game myself. Uh the past week there was a Final Fantasy fourteen uh fan uh keynote thing and it announced the new class for the new expansion and the release date and I watched it and I was like Wow, my skin's itching. <laughs> what is this? Withdrawal symptoms? What's happening to my teeth? <laughs> and I immediately uh, bought the special edition of the last expansion, the special pre-ordered the special edition of the new expansion, and bought uh, uh, back in uh, to the game. I spent like a hundred, hundred, hundred twenty bucks. And yeah, I've I've been uh, playing the game. I started a new character over from zero, and I'm already fucking level forty. And I've only I've only played it for three days because uh, fucking getting getting your fucking characters leveled is fucking easy as shit now. Sprout, like holy fuck, Sprout XP bonus is ridiculous. That's true. Not only that, but uh, if you pre-order Endwalker, you get this like fucking. They uh, they do that every that gives expansion. You yeah. yeah, this one's like particularly good though, because it's also just like a pretty decent piece of equipment as well. Yeah, it's it's between fourteen uh-huh. and Monster Hunter Rise, the crack market is on the Dude. rise. It's really. Uh, I, I haven't <laughs> been in love with Rise. Uh, mostly, my biggest issue with Rise just comes down to the fact that like I do not enjoy spending seven minutes of my hunt picking up bugs. Like if if you played Rise right I'm, now, like that 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 just every hunt you spend like a good five minutes picking up bugs so that you can go kill the monster. You know that's optional, Yeah, but right? you don't have half your stat bar if you do that. No, no, those are just bonus stats. You know, they they don't like you don't go in gimped. You can pick up bonus right, stats. Right, but what I'm what I'm saying is like if I want my health you get like 75% of your health bar if you eat the best meal you can eat and you go out there. You have to go get your other 25% of your health bar, Mike. Uh I've never had a single issue with just playing the game. Okay. I just all I'm saying is like, really, I still think Monster Hunter Two. If they were to take the game Monster Hunter Two, 
and bring all the combat mechanics that they've changed, because they've changed all the weapons a lot, but if they changed all the mechanics from, like, World, brought that over to 2, and uplifted the graphics, we'd have the best Monster Hunter of all time. I think that's a terrible opinion, because every old Monster Hunter game is a bad video game for people with brainworms. I just, I have no idea how you can be such an elitist and then not think Monster Hunter 2 is the best Monster Hunter. How can you say, how can you call me an elitist when I'm like, yeah, I won't play the old games? That, that <laughs> what no, do you you're mean? you about other things, Mike. You're so, like, exclusive in the things you like. Like, I can just, I can enjoy stuff. Mike, I can enjoy things. But you're like, no, I won't watch Man. Tokyo Revengers because I like Stein's Gate. <laughs> you're like wine. I can't believe you also don't drink whiskey that is 500 years old. You fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. Thank you. Thank you, my, my fucking... Uh, I almost called you Belgium. Fuck you. <laughs> yes. How dare you? Thank I, would, I would quit on the thank spot. Thank you so much, my Persian friend. That's better. At least Persia was a real country. <laughs> All right, Mike, I'm going to shit my pants if we don't talk about Katanagatari. Actually, I'm going to any boy, but let's shift to Katanagatari. All right, uh, so everyone listening, uh, we're doing something different now. Um, we're mostly doing this different because Frog and Moth don't like Katanagatri. And so to get them through it as best <laughs> as we can, uh, we're going to watch three episodes at a time going forward when we do a Katanagatri episode. Uh, we aren't going to be doing them every other episode anymore. We'll, we're going to spread it out a lot more. Uh, and we're just going to dive in uh, whenever we get the hang hey, for just it. Just so you know, just, uh, just, I want to make something perfectly clear for you. I consider you forcing me to watch all 12 episodes of Katatagatari like a cardinal sin. So we're going to watch all of Azazel Sand together. We're going to sit down. We're going to make time. We're going to be in the same room together. And I'm going to make you watch all of Azazel San. I don't know what the Azazel San is. is an anime about a, it, it's a guy who gets tomes that lets him summon demons from the other world and as long as you have their tomes they're incredibly weak and he hires an assistant and these demons all represent like horrible sins of mankind like they're not cute and cuddly at all they want to rape you and eat your shit I, i'm not kidding about that last part and it's a comedy and we're gonna all watch right, it i know what i'm watching next <laughs> anyway, every episode of Katana Gatri, we learn something about the story, uh, and the themes and the characters. You know, the first episode sets up the very basic plot lineup of how the show is going to go forward. Uh, the second episode, you know, shows us a state of the world. You know, parts of Japan are completely desertified at this point. And, uh, it shows us that, uh, the sword wielders themselves uh, have pretty unique ideas about the world. And episode three shows us that not every wielder of a katana is bad. Uh, it also shows us that the Maniwani, the ninjas that appear in most every episode, are fucking jobbers. They're yeah. just fucking... They're, <laughs> they, they, they show up to clock in for their nine to five. The Jabarani. And uh, this, this continues throughout the rest of the series. Every episode teaches us something. Except for episode five. Uh, including... Episode five doesn't teach us a damn thing. Uh, episode five teaches us that Togama has a perfectly round butt. That is very important, I think. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. I hate both of you. <laughs> uh, look, it, 
Episode four, Hakuto can, can, Hari, Hari the can, Slender can Sword. Just, mm, can I say the only good things I'm going to say about this show for the next hour? Can I? I think the, the silence okay. means yes. Mike, Mike, you ready? Katanagatari. It, it's, it's, it's like an art exhibit, and I have to acknowledge that somebody did this art exhibit. Like, this is... Man, this guy did this art exhibit. He really did. And it's they, they were very clever, or at least they think they're clever, because every episode was a month... The original airing, as you said, Mike, every episode was a month apart, and in the show, a month takes place between each episode, and they can only travel as far as they could have traveled that month. And they tell you what they did that month, and every episode takes place like maybe one to three days of that month, and then you don't see what happens for the next month. So a lot of the character development is very organic, and it, it's 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 very interesting that they do it that way. That being said, this anime is so far up its own ass that I can't even positively acknowledge that. But But yeah, okay, now we can continue. Wait. Wait, what do you mean it's so up its own ass that you can't acknowledge something you just acknowledged? The more words in something, the more I feel somebody's conceited and up their own ass about it. So you have amazing works of art like ping pong where there's very little words and just a lot of people slapping each other's balls back and forth. Phenomenal. I fully understand everything there is to understand about ping pong. You have Promare, not a lot of words. A lot of action. Promare, absolute masterpiece. Mm. <laughs> no, I've changed my opinion on Promare over the past couple of months. That shows that that movie's like only that okay. That movie's an ally. Are you saying you're not an ally, Mike? That movie is the least gay movie people think is gay that, that has ever existed since American I'm cinema. I'm pretty sure that's of mice Reject and men. vocabulary. Embrace balls. Go on. But, but it, it's just, the, the whole uh, thing, the more they talk... The more I want to kill myself, Mike, because it's all talking. That's all they do is they talk. It's it's like we've got we've gotten past the episodes that are are inc- incredibly shot reverse shot heavy. Like uh, these three episodes don't have as much of that. No, but it's it's still like I will say episode four is probably the most cleverly crafted episode of an anime that I've seen in a very very long time. But that doesn't excuse the other five episodes I've watched. And I will say, I, for a second, I, I was really confused because, like, you're talking about episode four, but I didn't realize you're also talking and, about and episode one, two, six, and three. So fair, I, guess. Now, I will say, episode four, I, I have to acknowledge this. This was clever. This, I, this actually caught me so far off guard; it wasn't even funny. And I'm just going to say, they did good. They, they really did good here. Episode three ended with them setting up a preview, like, with a minute of preview animation of him fighting another swordsman. Like, full-on, full animated, like, minute of, like, he's in the most dangerous battle of his life. They're knocking mountains apart. They're throwing sharks at each other. Like, amazing. And then episode four, you don't even see them fight at all. Like, they animated an entire PV that has no place in the next episode. That fight doesn't even happen on screen. And it was... It was so yeah, clever, just, I couldn't even be mad at them for it. 
The, the whole fake out of the fourth episode is just like a perfect flying off. I am extremely mad because I just realized the episode ended, but then it becomes funny and you just want to subject someone else to it. And it's an or, yeah, it's, it's, it's the Huxley movie premiere thing where it's like, man, this was awful. I better show it to my friends. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I I uh, I I personally episode four is uh, my third. Favorite no, so episode. far it's my favorite, but only if I've seen episode three first. Otherwise, episode four is meh. Well, yes. In fact, when I first watched uh, four, I didn't know to watch the the the, the like yeah. I didn't know about the preview, so I was just like, oh okay. <laughs> if I had watched that, that's why I was specific. Whenever I was telling you guys to uh, when watching to pay attention to the episode and previews. Because it will set some stuff up later. Because episode four just has a whole like the, the whole last fight just happened in the preview of the last episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and and in so doing, episode four uh, does uh, something that I love. It shakes up the status quo of the series, which uh, so far has been pretty standard uh, Japanese themed fantasy. Before we go on, I just have to say that I really liked the Maniwani squad uh, in this part. I can't the handle them. Have, uh, I cannot handle the Maniwani ha- squad. You, they are... Uh, gosh, what are they? They are the chicken and the mole from Sonic. No, no. It, it, in fourth episode, it was a mantis, a honeybee, no, and no, a moth. No, 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 but like, there, <laughs> so, there was the original Sonic TV series that's like the most loosely related Sonic TV series. And in that one, Robotnik had a chicken and a mole robot that did everything for him. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Think, yeah. And, and that's all I can think of the whole time I'm watching the Mani Wani Squad is like a bunch of furries that are there for comic relief. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't like them at my first watching either. I think they're way too shiny to be mean. Just I, I hate. Them. I just <laughs> it, it always See, throws the anime would wrong. be. Better. It's hard to say the anime would be better if they weren't there because if they weren't there, episode four wouldn't have been as good as it was. But they're still like, oh. Oh, they're like the kids you like to see get they, beat up. But then you're like, why did I have to include a character that I enjoy watching get beat up? There's a jump. The, the Maniwani are are important to the story, especially like in episode six. Uh and in episode five. Like they they, they serve a purpose, and that is to uh create conflict for the narrative. Uh, cause there are there are cases in which they'll come up against someone, like like we see in episode six. Where uh, they find them and like, yeah, give me the sword. And they're like, oh, okay, here's the sword. <laughs> if we don't have any conflict, then then the story is just going to be boring. I, I will yeah. say I did thoroughly enjoy that in episode six, we finally met a swordsman who was just like, yeah, you know what? I don't need this. You guys are obviously achieving something great and spectacular. Just, just take it. Because I was waiting for that character to pop up. In fact, it was so... And, just and, and stuff like that's going to continue on, like... This 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 series, like the the first three episodes, they set up the absolute basics, and then they start telling you that okay, hey, you don't have to kill, you don't have to kill them. Sometimes they're not even soldiers. Sometimes they they don't even know what a sword, how to use a sword. Sometimes they're normal ass people. Uh, and in so doing, it, it it allows us to view Shichika as he grows as a person. And develops a worldview and emotions and feelings, uh, wherein at the starting of the series he was very much vanilla himboy himbo. Now he's himbo spicy. I don't enjoy either of them actually. I, I at this point I'm just waiting for her to die because she deserves it. She deserves death and agony. But 
the yeah, guy? the the, oh. the strategin. Why? She is. She. I, I just. I like her character design a whole lot, but her sheer incompetence, even as a tactician, is just like it, it's it's. There's this weird. There's this weird girl power thing people do that drives me nuts. And his sister is actually a better example of this. His sister, if she left the island, the show would be over in a week. And yet, hey, guess and what? Yet she gets <laughs> sidelined so damn hard. It's like, oh, wow, you have this super powerful character. Oh, but her dad was a bitch and was afraid of her. Okay. No, no, do you, do you not? Were you not paying attention at all? I was paying attention. She's like, oh uh, yeah, so I have the ability to learn any. I, I'm freaking Sasuke. I can just look at someone and learn their techniques. Shut uh, up. And my daddy was afraid of me, so he wouldn't let me be the head of the family. Ugu, like, holy crap, that's pathetic. No, it is. It is established that she is, has a sadistic personality, and to limit her a power, he stopped her from learning the 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 Kyoto Ryu because yeah, if she be if she if she fucking was able to harness it, it, her her power despite her frail body, she would become a fucking evil creature. Yeah, I know that would be way more interesting than what we actually have. Hey, Honestly, Moff, just, Moff, 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 did you hear the last sentence of episode six? Yes. I guess I did not hear the last episode of episode six. I'm sorry. Yeah, because uh, it, it basically the, says... The, the, the person the, the, that destroyed that girl's uh, uh, village was his sister. Yeah. And Holy it, crap, she, that's she, awesome. She's the next boss fight in episode seven. His sister is the next boss fight? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I might actually watch episode seven now, because, like, just... Just this, it, it, I, 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 maybe it's because of Mob Psycho and One Punch Man and, and Invincible, but I'm actually digging these merit, like these omnipotent characters just brawling everybody to the ground. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I like, if the whole anime was just her murking everybody, I would find it way more interesting. You're gonna like the last episode, just say. <laughs> okay, yeah, the, okay. the last, the last episode is, is a fucking amazing. <laughs> it just, a, a, I, I honestly, I, I just feel like this whole show is very, very pretentious, which is one of my biggest issues. D- define pretentious, Moth. Because uh, it's very easy to, to, to define. I, I just want to make sure you're using a word you know what it means. So, uh, this is going to be really weird that I bring this up twice in one episode. Uh, in the LDS Church, one of the things they strive to teach us is that if your message cannot be taught to, like, if, if what you're trying to say cannot be broken down and explained to the dumbest human beings possible, it's not a good message, and you're a bad person about telling that message. And I feel like a lot of this anime gives off an era, and I, I, this is just the Gatari series as a whole, gives off this air of, like, uh, Katana you Gatari ha- is, is not part of Monogatari. I mean, it's the but same it's, author. But it's a Gatari. It, no. It's a gottery. Moth. Gottery just is Japanese for story. Yeah, so it's a gottery. Anyway. No. This is like saying Ore Monogatari is part of the Monogatari series. That's a fucking romance show with a big guy with a giant cock fucking a small girl. It's not related. I'll tell you how my gottery is the best part of the Monogatari series. Yeah, it really is. But it, 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 
like to enjoy this anime, I feel like I have to do a ton of homework. Like I have to be like, oh, and then I I reference this from Bakamonogatari, and then I, I I go here and I checked out the author. Oh, and the it's the same shit with what was it Haruhi, no, where they couldn't even air no, Haruhi right. You you literally don't have to know shit about the rest of the Monogatari series. Has nothing to do with this. What are you talking about? Well, it's just, it, it's like Haruhi, where they couldn't even air Haruhi right. They aired it, like, episode 379, and, like, you get this weird, it's like, oh, but trust me, guys, it all makes sense with how powerful Haruhi is. And it's like, no, this is dumb what and pretentious. You, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? The original Girl. airing of the melancholy of Haruhi wasn't aired sequentially. I'm, I'm well aware of that fact. What does that have to do with anything? It was that, fun. That's, that, that's it. That fun. is it, Mike. It is just the fact that this guy is like, oh, by not telling you things or by shuffling things the wrong way. I'm, it's the same thing with Hateful Eight. What Hateful do you Eight. mean not telling you things or shuffling shuffling things the wrong What are you talking about? This is, this is the common things that the author does. He just, he's like, oh, you have to be so smart to enjoy my work because I make you do homework when you watch my anime. Like, dude, I literally watch anime to turn my damn brain off. Don't do this. Nisio Eason, as an author, is one of the most explicit authors that exists. He out, like, it's one of his flaws. He tells you everything to your face. Yes, but he there's so much of it. He explicitly explains the plot and themes. He, oh, there's so is, much. There's so many words, Mike. There's so there's too many words, and when there's too many words, it, it, you have to start mining for details in the words because there's too many words. Muff, why do you approach fiction with the same standards as explaining basic concepts to someone? I'm just confused by that part. <laughs> <laughs> explaining what concepts? Basic concepts. Like I, I understand that if you can explain something in simple words, it's not an explanation. But fiction is not about explaining stuff; it's about mystifying the audience to make them think. That's the opposite goal. Well, and, and that's the thing. That's that's the main reason why I don't enjoy these kind of things. It's like you know that 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 appeals to somebody. That appeals to people like Mara, our friend, who's so pretentious. He's got his head so far as up his own ass. He can't even like find anybody else. I think he's but, French. Like, that is not me. I don't enjoy having to do homework when I watch stuff. Muff, Muff, you don't have to do homework. You just... You literally you don't explicitly watch tells you. No, no, Muff, I fucking didn't! I you didn't! I, I said we could cancel Katanagatari! I said you didn't even have to be on the episode! I could have made arrangements! There's one other person <laughs> who's listening to this right now, probably, who wanted to be on Katanagatari! And you're like, nah, I'll fucking watch it! Fuck you! <laughs> no, but Mike, Mike, I have been received so many complaints from our fans about not being on any episode for months now. I had to be here because I had to make our fans happy. <laughs> I monitor the fucking comment sections and everything. You you heard shit from your friends, maybe. But like, like, and here's the deal. I'm not saying that like I don't want you here. I'm saying I don't want you here and miserable and dragging down the well, so, experience. But but here's the thing. If you have the three, if you had the three ideal people and I wasn't here right now, you know what it would be, Mike? It would just be like, oh, it was so good. It was so good. Oh, grip it harder. Get my glance. It was so good. Okay, but no, how is no. watching the show homework? <laughs> well, like, it's the same thing. Like, if I hadn't seen that end preview of episode three, the magic of episode four would have been completely lost on me. Yes, it's part of the show. <laughs> end preview should never be part of the show. 
That's fair. It should be before the credits. Like the, the whole point of end previews are if I'm watching like Dragon Ball Z and I want to know if Goku's still standing while he's holding the spirit bomb next episode or not. But here's okay. But here's the thing about Katanagatari. Every episode there was in a month before the next episode. So like you had time to like if someone was like, dude, check out the animation from the ending of the third episode. You'd be like, oh yeah, I skipped that. Let me go back to that. Like, like it's part of the experience. Yeah, and like, th- that that reminds me of like old computer games where their anti-piracy measure was you had to have a decoder ring where if you didn't have a physical copy of the decoder ring, you couldn't play the damn game. It was a beautiful thing in 2012, Mike. It really was, and I'm going to give him credit for that. But in 2021, I'm stupid. Don't do this. Moth, what the fuck are you talking about? How are you comparing Katanagatri... fucking having a little extra segment at the end of an episode to needing a Dakota ring to make sure you don't have a pirated copy of a fucking video game. Your brain doesn't work. At this point, I have to ask, did you turn the subs on? Because I'm confused. (laughs) No, I actually found a dubbed version. Thank God. Okay. No, no, shut the fuck up. If there was a dub version, I'd be happy because that would be better. I would, it I would appreciate the dub Portuguese. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna dub you in water until the bubbles stop. <laughs> All jokes on you. I brought the toaster in for both of us, Mike. <laughs> so that was Hakuto Hari, Hari the Slender Sword. We didn't even discuss the episode. What the fuck? Maybe, may, maybe we should talk about Zokuto Yori. Uh, that's Yuri the Rebel Sword. Can we talk about the fact that I don't understand why anyone wants to sleep with this woman? T- Tagame? Yeah, episode five was just basically dudes wanting to bone her. Yes. Oh my god, you literally didn't pay- They <laughs> literally didn't pay attention to the fucking up- It explicitly tells you why the guy wants to fuck her! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, when they were meeting outside the inn, he was like, Look, if you lose, you gotta let me smash. Let me clap them <laughs> albino cheeks, yo. And he was right to do so. Yeah, see? In that episode, <laughs> it explicitly tells you that the reason why he uh, fell in love with Togami at first sight was because of her stupid fucking catchphrase that she says. Yeah, cheerio. You heard it? He heard it. It sounded like the thing that his uh, dead, dead sister sister fucking said, and it reminded him of that. And it was like, wow, that touched me on an emotional level. Yes, and I felt and I, I have wanted an to get to know complex. I mean, that doesn't negate the fact that he wanted to clap those cheeks, and I think he's resting to do so. Yeah, yes. he's like, just keep <laughs> calling me Big shit. Brother the whole time, Cheerio and Big Brother the whole time. That's all I want to hear. I'm so close. <laughs> Tagami has the tightest little bond. No, actually, I will say that is Damn a huge it. issue I have with this show because I had my door open and my speakers on loud. And they do the part where he's giving her a foot massage. And I'm well aware that, you know, like I, I they've done this bait and switch once already. I'm well aware they ain't fucking. But my wife is like 10 feet away. And if those speakers are too loud, she's going to come in. I'm going to have to explain to her why a dude's stomping on an albino chick. <laughs> Yeah, because it's because uh, because uh, she because she wants him to step on her. <laughs> She's the definition of a power bottom. She is not even a remotely interesting character, and I'm starting to care less about the main character the longer it goes on. At this point, I just want to see his sister kill everything. 
I quite frankly I like the developing intimacy between the two over the past six I, episodes. Yeah, that yes. that is pretty interesting. That the fact that they're so comfortable with each other because they're technically betrothed, betrothed, they're gonna bone. Uh, I mean, on top of that, like I love Tagami's personality. She's she she's not a strategist. She's a schemer. She comes up with ideas on the spot, and like most of the time, they sound like bullshit. And then, like uh, uh, Shichika, who has a more calm, level-headed like uh, uh, outlook on things, is usually the one to either a uh, come up with a better idea on the spot because he has like actual like uh, skills and abilities, or b to make her ideas actually work. And like she she's a, a flying off the uh, uh, the seat of her ass character. Who uh, is 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 very endearing and and fun, and at the same time she's also one of the fucking biggest liars in the fucking world. <laughs> I like the fact that it, it, the whole skimming thing didn't show up in the last episode because, of course, we didn't get any time with them during the fight, and it doesn't appear in the next episode because they're fighting a little girl. <laughs> but I really like that in this episode, her ideas were just like, yeah, just fucking throw him into the water and let him drown and fish the armor out. What's the problem? That's the problem. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. And then then then, uh, then she's like, oh, I know. You know, we can get a big manu- a magnifying glass and we can fucking heat up the armor and cook it from the inside. That was the dumbest. I was I, I, I enjoyed the cute little drawings they did, but that was the dumbest damn thing on the planet. I mean, that's a legit strategy in D&D. There's a spell that does that. <laughs> you fucking cook people in armor. <laughs> it's a legit yeah. strategy. I, I don't play tabletop games, uh, you know, because that requires Shut. me to read. <laughs> Shut up, 40k player. Are you kidding me? Do you realize that I don't actually play that game? That I just buy models to paint them? Wait, but then why were you trying to... Whenever I was getting into it, why were you like, oh man, this faction's good gameplay-wise? Did you think I was going to play it? I don't know. I I had to cover all my bases. You realize I play Orcs, right? And we haven't had a competitive list in like three editions? Like, I literally don't play to be competitive. I play because I want to show people this cool model that I painted, and that means I have to socialize with a bunch of people for three hours. Wow. But yeah, Yuri the Rebel Sword... Uh, I I actually really uh, this is one of the episodes. There's like three episodes that I didn't care for the first time I watched, and this is one of them that I that I didn't like. And then I watched it this time, and I found like I was able to actually enjoy it. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is because I was able to appreciate aspects of the uh, story uh, in in the levels of subversion that it goes through. Um, because of this uh, episode. Uh, one of the things that this episode shows you is that, uh, yeah, not all the swords are fucking swords. <laughs> yes. It's a sort of fucking armor. Well, no, if you watch the first episode, you know one of the swords is a gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, one of the swords is two guns. There we go. There we go. I think you already did that bit in the first episode. <laughs> what was... Uh, oh, gosh. Episode yeah, so episode five. I I will say as far as like these boring ass milk toast episodes, like one, two, five, and six go. Five is definitely the one I enjoyed the most. I I, I appreciate it, and like the design of the of the armor also is like really sick. I enjoy the fact that this. I think this wait, is wait, like wait, the first wait, 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 time wait. when his yeah. armor is the season two One Punch Man Genos look. I don't know have, what that means. Like, like look he- up season two season of One Punch Man and look up Genos and, like, the way they did his armor. And that's the exact same armor in Katanagatari. 
let me see images. I'm telling you, Mike, it's, it's, it's yeah, armor. But I, I mean, I liked it. It kind of looked a little bit like Demon Slayer, but like the way they did the colors on it was exactly the same as Geno's from One Punch Man. I mean, silvery, I suppose. Yeah, but I, I just want to say, when it comes to the fight itself in this episode, I think this is the first time, and I really enjoyed it, where uh, thinking kind of played a part. <laughs> where, where it's been okay, no, no techniques work. So just, uh, the uh, strength of the blow just goes around the air. So just yeet the guy into the air, then he can defuse the blow. And yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah it, it shows that like um, uh, Shichika, as he's gotten more like uh, combat, uh, 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 not training, but uh, combat experience, he's started to overthink challenges. And sometimes, sometimes you just gotta pick up a dude and throw him. <laughs> sometimes yeah. that works. And it, and it was perfect. Um, mm, I would say this is the first time he didn't kill his opponent, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, it, it it's it's one of the things. Like this is this is like uh, this episode. Like it shows that the since the priority is just getting the swords, uh, and Shichika is like becoming like he, he's starting to embrace the the humanity that he just didn't get to experience through being like isolated and learning this uh like objectifying like fighting style i, I mean it's um, been established that his sister ripped his nails off for biting them i think it's kind of understandable he's that he has no humanity <laughs> start true uh <laughs> it, it, but it's good to see that that he's starting to take into consideration that you know, maybe, maybe I don't have to fucking kill people. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can be a sword that, that, that doesn't fucking slice throats. And it's, it's nice to see it. It's also nice to see, uh, Shichika, uh, be, uh, show his jealousy, uh, towards, uh, Togami, considering that, uh, the, the sword owner's offer of, uh, courtship. Of a uh, That bit was fucking, it's really funny. It, it's great to see him, like, it, react in this manner where he he expresses uh himself and he, and he doesn't even really understand why, why the ever living piss out of her hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, we, that, we've that, established this podcast doesn't respect women that that's how you establish oh, your care for a girl you pull out her hair that, that, that's what learning all. elementary school i respect women i respect all races like all religions uh i respect it pretty much everybody man People are worth Moff, respecting I mean, as long as they work out. Moff, I'm here. Don't lie to my face. You introduced, I was introduced to you with a slur. <laughs> Come on. No, I love Polish people. Like uh, they have some of the best bodybuilders I've ever seen. The general level of fitness in Polish men, mm, amazing. No, it's not. <laughs> Why did you moan? What the fuck? Why are you so horny for Polish men? I'm horny for men who actually care about their bodies and want to look good and be healthy, Mike. If you have seen the standard level of vodka consumption here, you would not have such a high opinion. <laughs> it might look good, but it's not. Look, all I've ever seen from Poland is a bunch of like protest videos, and all those dudes are jacked as hell. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I, there, there have been a lot of protests because they banned abortion some time ago. That's true. And those dudes, jacked as can be. So they have my respect. I don't even know what they stand for, but I agree with them because they're jacked. <laughs> Episode 6, Soto Kanazuchi, or Kanazuchi the Twin Sword. Before we go on, before we go on, I just want to say, uh, episode 5 introduces the Chicken Maniwani, uh, and between episode 5 and 6, I remember why I hated that dude, because he's just like the most 
spend happy bitch on Earth. Like, oh yeah, I want to talk with you. Here's my arm. I thought, oh, maybe his arm grows back. No, it doesn't. He has one arm for the rest of the series. <laughs> oh, we broke the conditions of our truce. Here, here is my teammate. Boom, dead. Are you happy now? He doesn't even consider that she I said no afterwards. Like, fucking hell, man. You're terrible. You're a terrible uh, negotiator. He will, I will say he has one of the best run animations I've ever seen. Yeah, he has he Naruto just, run. He just runs like Naruto. Yeah, it's one of the best ones I've ever seen, though, man. Like, uh, you know, it's pretty great. I prefer the fucking uh, the butterflies run animation where he just glides on water. That shit was cool. Yeah, well, he's I, dead now. I insisted calling the butterfly mauve because uh, he was short, strong, and simped for a woman before he died. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't simp for her. <laughs> yeah, he, he he considered you literally. Marriage. You literally did not pay attention. What you talking about the chicken woman he was simping for? Because I thought you were talking about the sister for a second. I'm like he was terrified no, no, of the no, sister. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean the the, the chicken woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I was like, what are you talking about when you say he simped? No, no, no. Don't worry. He, he, also, he wasn't that dumb, bad. She's a duck. She's a mallard. She's a fucking... She's not a chicken. Her costume is so dumb, it makes me so angry to look at. All of the other costumes. No, are hers is the worst by a mile. Uh, all of the costumes are great. I love all of them, especially Pangan. Pangan's my favorite character. The, pe- the Pangan one is good, yeah. I like I like him. But the one that is the main villain in this uh, episode, the uh, tattoo girl is like, eh, it's very, pretty basic. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's yeah. it's furry bait. <laughs> and? She, she's dressed up like a dog and she got big old bappers. Mm-hmm. That she uh, possesses a lolly. Yeah, so we should talk about that. This episode uh, features the first uh, sword wielder who just genuinely doesn't care about the sword. Because she's 11. The sword doesn't even poison her. Uh, She's an 11-year-old girl, and she's fucking... uh, Her design is, like, genuinely adorable. It's got, like, bear aesthetics to it. It's super cute. Missing a horn tooth, yeah. And she she just she she just doesn't want to be alone after her fucking entire village was killed uh, by Shichika's fucking sister. In a tragic accident. Tra- tra- <laughs> real tragic, real unfortunate that that had had to have happened. Yep, it was God real unfortunate it. that they had to get in her yeah. way. <laughs> I particularly like the fact that uh, like there is has been some through line of uh, what each sword emphasizes, so like durability. Speed, so on, so on, defense, and this type is just pure mass. It's too heavy to even be called a sword. It's more like a hang over iron. Wait a second. We, that's just that. That's the same thing as a uh, Kuare Romono. <laughs> I've been yelling a lot at Moth today, uh, Tid. Don't fucking make me yell at you. I swear <laughs> to God, I will turn this podcast around. What is it? Is it is it Kawari Romono Katawari? It's the one with the dude who's got the stupid mask stuck to his face. Utawari Runomono? Yeah, that one. That one's got a giant sword that's more like a chunk of iron than a blade. That's what he's talking about. I always read it as a Uomono. It's the logo name. It's Katu- it can't even recall the title. It's more like a big hunk of letters. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's that's a, the, the one guy, Glenn or whatever. His, uh, his second in command has a giant sword that he can't use indoors because it's too heavy to swing around. Mike, are you so, okay? yeah, uh, this episode is really fucking cool because we get to see uh, Shichika fight uh, someone who is just not trained as a warrior, and because of that, he gets his ass fucking beat. fighter. Yeah, gets his arm broken. But, 
beginner slack as always the best strategy just wave the fucking sword around no 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 that's not beginner's luck okay then i'm not saying she was like she had talent or anything she was just so strong that she could physically change the trajectory of the swing midair yeah that's true but also just the fact that Lesichika uh, even says, yeah, I'm very used to fighting against swordsman, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing, so I got caught off guard. And uh, I also like in this episode that uh, uh, Chichika and Togame, as he's as they're just like resting, uh, waiting for her to go find the sword and bring it to them, um, they talk and 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 she's just uh, Togami's like. Uh, Chichika, is there anything like you aren't fucking telling me? Like you knew, you knew that I was fucking saying Cheerio, and that wasn't a fucking real word, you bitch. And he's like, oh yeah. Also, uh, I I know that my my dad killed your dad. Yeah. And, uh, and also, I, also I killed my dad. <laughs> he's like, are you mad at me for my dad killing your dad? Do you still want to bone me after we're done here? And uh, I, I just want to, I just want to, this is really important to me because I feel gaslit about it. I had an argument, well, more of a conversation, but I call it an argument because I've been seething about it because I'm obsessed. I'm an obsessive person with Mara forever ago, like so long ago, doubt anyone but me even remembers it. And Mara was like, what? No, Shichika doesn't know that uh, Togami's uh, dad was killed by his dad. That That's not a thing. He didn't know all that when they were going into it, despite the first episode explicitly telling you so. And yeah. it had been a couple months since I watched it. So I was like, and I know Mara has watched Katanagatari and read Katanagatari multiple times because he's a Nisio Eason fanboy. Of course he is. He's fucking French. Uh, and I, I had just assumed that like, okay, maybe I was wrong. Even when I watched the first episode, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not reading this properly. Maybe I'm misunderstanding thoughts versus what is being spoken. I don't know. This episode explicitly states it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Also, why is it obvious that because he's French? I know, I know Nisio Isin sounds like a French word, but come on. It's, no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's because it's, French don't have good taste in anything. I mean, no, it's because, it's because, and, and I called out Moth earlier because he's being an idiot, but Nisio Isin is pretentious. There we go. Uh, so That's there's, there's all nothing I that. I just wanted validation, Mike. <laughs> No, no, no. Katana Gatri is not pretentious, but Nisio Eason is. Like, he, he's, he's a snooty, snooty McTootie, and I like his writing a lot of the times, but a lot of the times I also fucking hate his writing, because he thinks he's doing clever things when he's actually not. It's, uh, the, I, 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 mm, if you want to understand, like, French media and, and really understand it, this is all you gotta do, Titty. Get a hold of the City of Lost Children. And try to watch that movie, and you'll absolutely understand why French should not be allowed to make media. Muff, I read several works by Sartre and Camille. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Muff, Tid, Tid is a fucking philosopher. He's he's a, he's he went to school for that. Like yeah, but he doesn't <laughs> lift weights. So what does his philosophy matter? <laughs> I mean, it's valid. I'll start. I swear. If you if you it. do, I will absolutely consider whatever you have to say. Well, there's a live goal. <laughs> Make him shut up and listen. 
if if you could the day you could come to me and say moth i can bench my body weight i'll agree with whatever stupid ass political ideology you believe in 110 jesus christ that's gonna be a long time 110 kilos yeah how tall are you uh, 190 centimeters. I think that's 6'4", something like that. Oh, yeah, dude. If you don't get your back arch good, you're going to be in a problem zone real fast. I think I already did. Wait, wait, what's your body fat percentage? I don't know. Probably pretty high. Okay, okay. If you're, let's see here, 110, 630. So 110 is roughly uh, 200. And, yeah, dude, you're you're a little bit overweight for somebody who's not bodybuilding. If you can get your kilos down to about 98 and then work your way back up, you can do some pretty good work real fast. I'll try. Mike, are you okay, Mike? <laughs> and that has been, on this day, in this month, the end of our Katani Katri conversation for now. I just, I'm um, in pain. Why are you the in epi- pain? <laughs> I, I'm just thinking if there's something... I, yeah, there was one thing I would also reference in the last episode... Uh, where we have been so far, as we said, Shichikasart says Dotlo Himbo with zero social cues. In this episode, he is savvy enough to pretend to sleep while Tugama is going off to like maybe hear if she says something more, but then we find out he wasn't sleeping at all. I think that was pretty clever as like split second scene. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it, it really shows that like, even though Shichika's not like used to social interaction, he's starting to catch on to it now that he's he, at this point in the story, he's been spending like six months around other people. And it, it's it's becoming more obvious that he's becoming his own his own person. And in so doing, he's developed a sense of like empathy and of, of his own personality as well. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, when Togama asks him, "Hey, Shichika, could you could you fight her?" and he says, "Like, yeah, child, a child is very easy to kill. What's the problem? <laughs> I can straight up murder a kid. What's up?" <laughs> yeah, but I think that like that more portrays like his uh, service level thought patterns more than anything, because uh, in the fight, like. He didn't go all out, even like in the actual fight after the tattoo assassin transfers her consciousness to the little girl. Don't worry about it. We didn't go over that, but it makes sense in the episode. It doesn't. Uh, instead I, of it, it, it makes. I mean, it, like, it, I think it's fun, very funny. Sorry, I'm going to stop you here, Mike. That the Maniwani powers are so. I don't want to say diverse because that sounds positive. There, there is such a fucking scale between them. Because this fucking woman, she can transform between bodies. Did this so 2000 times. Fucking amazing. Guy in the previous episode, two episodes before, sorry, can throw darts that are poison. That's his special fucking And power. it took him Good years job. of his life. <laughs> yes. Now I learned how to throw fucking caltrops. So, uh, hey, real, real, real uh, quick, that's Mike. not even like the 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 rest of the Maniwani powers. Just continues to be fucking bullshit. So, uh, because I wasn't here during the seasonal episode, can can I just take a quick minute to tell people like what I recommend, what I've been watching, what I've been loving? Uh, yeah. Let me finish the thought I was having. Okay, but Kikashi uh, is on Crunchyroll now. The entire season. Uh, yes, I'm aware. Okay. Shichika, it, 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 as I was saying earlier, Shichika, like, he's become, like, more empathetic to a point where even whenever he he is going all out against her, in that moment, he thinks of a technique that would allow him to defeat the Maniwani without killing the girl. 
And it's just off the top of his head. And it's, it's like really cool. I, I actually really appreciate that. Like he attacks the tattoo that traveled to uh, her that, that was carrying the like fucking, I don't know, jizz of the Maniwani or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it's I, it's, I want to say it's very Planescape, attack the tattoo, but not the body that is on, it, it is on. It's, it's weird, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, Moth, uh, go ahead and tell people what bad shows you're watching. Well, I mean, we've already gotten over the fact that my favorite this season is Tokyo Revengers, hands down. Um, don't toy with me, Nagatoro. I actually think I'm liking it more as an anime than I think I would have liked to as a manga because it seems to be going 100 miles an hour. Like, I don't know what the pacing is on the manga, but this pacing seems entirely too damn fast for a manga. So... Really like Nagataro's pacing. It's absolute trash, but I like it. Um, 86, I owe 86 an apology. Uh, I originally called 86 a good Iron Blood Orphans, and that's not true at all. Uh, 86 is a good Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> and uh, really been enjoying 86. Uh, welcome to the Demon School era, Makun. It, it feels like season one was a giant buildup for me to enjoy season two. And I've really been enjoying season two. Uh, I think the anime that we're all going to agree upon is like the anime of the season is uh, those Snow White notes. Uh, no. I mean, I, I like those Snow White notes, but no. Okay, what would you say I the anime know. of the season is, Mike? My favorite of the season is... To Your Eternity? No, I I only watched the first episode of that and I dropped. Oh it. wow, it 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 gets good. I don't even like this anime because it's not my cup of tea, and I can't pretend it's not great. I'd have to like let, let me actually look at like, the anime Mike, that I that I'm as watching. As somebody who though. doesn't like the type of anime to your eternity is, I like to your eternity. Um, as someone who doesn't watch yeah. seasonals, I'm just going to fill the air here for a second. You're good. Mike watches uh, Odd Taxi. <laughs> great, love Odd Taxi. And uh, that that's pretty much it. I mean, I started with a lot what? more. I was I keep meaning to watch Burning Comedy, but I keep forgetting for some reason. Like I really liked oh. the first episode. My favorite this season is uh, Vivi Florida's song. That's an immaculate show that I am several episodes behind on, and that's just it's it's easy. Like this is it's by Studio Wit. You know the people that brought us like. Uh, the good seasons of Attack on Titan and, uh, the, like, uh, uh, Tanya the Evil, you know, good shit like that. And they brought it back with another banger about fucking, uh, like what it means to be a robot and if robots can be human. And, and oh, the that's, very first episode that's dumb is- as hell because that was, um, uh, Violet Evergarden. It was the same stupid premise. That is. Vi- Vivi Florida's song starts with a with a robot uprising in the future, and then uh, time travels back a hundred years to try and prevent the violent uprising by trying to convince an old robot to like repeal robot rights illegally. Oh, okay. And you're like, yeah, that's the same fucking plot as Violet Evergarden, the show about a girl who has robot arms and writes sad letters. Shut up! Wait, she's not a robot? No, she just she has mechanical arms because she lost them in the war. Oh, I thought she was a yeah, robot. A That's why everybody treated her like garbage. No, no, they treated her like garbage because she's autism. Oh, yeah. okay, so she wasn't a robot. 
Despite what people might think, autism and being a robot are not the same things. Also, Tanya the Evil was not made by Studio Wit. It was Studio Not. Not. Oh, yes. You're right. You're right. I got I got nut and wit mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Moment. Uh, and uh, but Studio Wit made Vinland Saga, and that's also good. So we know I, you're yeah, good there. I meant to say Vinland Saga, and like I couldn't remember the full name. Okay. So uh, yeah, honestly, I I would recommend. If you are not deep into anime, like if you're if you're just like an average surface level, like I in, I enjoy surface stuff, and there there is actually surface stuff. Uh, the anime I would recommend ooh, there's there's a lot of good anime this season, but there's not a lot that I would consider casual viewing. Um, yeah, I, there's not a lot of anime that I would consider casual viewing because Irumakun um is probably the most casual, but that's season two. 86 keeps dancing between being a phenomenal anime and being absolute garbage. Uh, maybe those Snow White notes. If I were to recommend an anime for casual viewers, it'd be those Snow White notes. What's Just watch Godzilla name? Singular Point. What's the name of the Shamisen one? Uh, that's Snow White Notes. That. Okay, yeah. I, I plan on watching that. One uh, maybe Backflip. Backflip and those Snow White notes. If you're a casual viewer, those are the two animes I'd recommend. I really enjoy Cestus, but I have no good reason to justify why I'm enjoying it, because it's garbage. Because it has ripped deals that fist type? It really doesn't. I mean, it, 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 it's like there are points. It's it's hitting everything I like in an anime, and it's hitting them like... Uh, like, if you were to have a child try to play piano, and they can't just smash the notes, they can only, like, tap the note very gently after a second of effort, that's how it feels. Like, I don't know a child that oh, okay. week, but like an anemic child who just got done with cancer. Like, they, they can't hit the notes as well as they want to. But you admire the effort. Okay, I, okay. I don't even admire the effort. It's a bad anime, but it, it's everything I like, so I get to schlock it. <laughs> so, Tid, I, I meant to bring this up earlier, but you recently dropped an hour-long video on Attack on Titan. Dude, have. dude, can we talk about the manga spoilers, the last eight pages? I mean, the last eight pages are just stupid fucking... No, no, there's been leaks. No, no, I I know, I've read them. It's a stupid sequel hook that nobody wanted. I I, I absolutely love the guy's quote afterwards where he's like, I'm so glad my ending could hurt people. And I was like, man, I love you. (laughs) No, you... The ending didn't hurt people. The ending disappointed people. That's a... There's a big difference. I think people are hysteric about the ending. It doesn't like stick the landing, but it's it's a fine. And considering the rest of the series was pretty great, I think people are over exaggerating their. Decisions. Honestly, I did not care about Attack on Titan until this last season, and I'm so glad what I've just seen for the last 13 episodes and chapter endings happened. It is so good. Tid, you and I both know exactly why I don't. The exact words as to why I don't like the ending. Yes, that fucking yes. Girl, uh, like that's the reason why I hate it. That's the reason why I think it 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 had it had a cohesive theme, and it was like, uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna at the very end here as like a fucking shit cherry on the cake. I'm gonna have a character thank the genocidal maniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen my video that I spent several weeks fucking editing because of stupid copyrighted bullshit and magic's fucking dying on me several times as it was rendering uh but i think if they replaced thank you with i'm sorry it would get like two points more out of ten <laughs> in that one moment i would have been like you know that's a pretty good ending that that's all it needed that's all it needed <laughs> yeah i uh exactly 
I really like the ending where uh, Mikasa doesn't stay a spinster; she actually gets married. And uh, now, I just, now, uh, now the main character Armin or Aaron has to sit there as a bird and watch her get railed by a different guy. I just I can't. I, I can't stand the fact that the, the the series ends on like someone walking up to Hitler and be like, "Thank you for the Holocaust." <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the Holocaust, Hitler. Now uh, you're going to watch your chats with Crash getting crailed by Himmler, I suppose. Who, who is like, it's literally okay, It's literally like since since Hitler was half Jewish, it's a perfect parallel. It really is. <laughs> but I, I don't know why you have such a hard oh, time believing that when there are people every day who try to thank Hitler for the Holocaust, Mike. Are, are you saying this would be like if Anne Frank went up to his gravestone and was like, thank you for the Holocaust? <laughs> Yes, actually, yes, considering it was Armin thanking him, kind of. <laughs> oh, Armin would be more like Mangala. <laughs> Armin is Mangala? Do you want to, do you want to, like, nope. do you want to, like, explain nope. that? And with that, <laughs> I think this has been an episode of We Hate Anime Podcasts, uh... Sorry, uh, Tid, that my fucking brain aneurysm made it so that I talked over you a bunch and you didn't get to say much. I apologize for that. No, no, like it's fine. I think I got, like, I got to say all I wanted to say. Don't worry yeah, about Tid it. Yeah, Tid got those witty bangers in. I'm gonna bang you against the fucking brick Dude, wall. Do you know Good how night, many everybody. like rape threats I've gotten this episode? <laughs> Titty bangers. That's good. All right. Yep. Catch you guys later. Glad I could be back. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Okay.